Hello and welcome to Out and About Emilovians. I'm your host, Jeremy Balfour. As part of my job as Member of the Scottish Parliament, I get to travel around Melovians, meeting interesting people and hearing about how the companies, charities and projects that they work for benefit and contribute to our community. On this podcast, I will share their stories. On today's episode, I'm looking forward to talking to Alistair Bennett, the Chief Executive of Bethany Christian Trust. Well, good afternoon, Alistair. It's great to be here with you. Um, Bethany Christian Trust is one of these things that a lot of us that live in Edinburgh kind of know the name, but just give us a bit of, you know, who are you? What's your DNA? Yeah, really good to see you too, Jeremy. The origins of Bethany Christian Trust, I would say, were really as an expression of the church in Scotland. It started locally in Leith, and it was a minister called Reverend Alan Berry and his wife Anne Berry, and they, together with the church, were seeing, as many would, people attending the services, coming to their front door, who were in crisis, and that could include rough sleeping, it could include intoxication, but of a regular nature, and it was in his heart and the hearts of those that were around him in the in that ministry that we're thinking, what more can we do? So, yes, we've got the sermon, yes, we've got the service, yes, we've got the all of what we're about in terms of the good news or the gospel of Jesus Christ, but what about the practical? Because at this point, without any other resourcing, I'm ultimately having to turn this person away. So that was what galvanised the, the original four trustees and... Uh, that was in 1983, and we're now into our 40th year. So in that time, in that original birthplace in Leith, it's developed to across 11 locations in Scotland, from the Western Isles to Dumfries to Aberdeen to Dundee, east and west of Scotland, and essentially seeking to relieve suffering in, in various forms and meet long-term needs so that dual nature of like intervening in a crisis but also thinking beyond the crisis how can we meet the long-term needs and it's specifically aimed at homeless and vulnerable people and that can include a whole range of different things so that was its origins we are well supported we've got good relationships across a whole range of sectors in society so originally the church but very deliberately multi-denominational approach we are very privileged to have that support right through, right across, like, all the different denominational expressions. And uh, that's reflected in our staff. It's reflected in our volunteers. Um, and uh, so that's a, that's a great strength. Really good relationships with local authorities. Um, seek to partner well, seek to support. And how can we assist as well as being commissioned? What can we do to bring, um, to, to find solutions together? Good relationships with Scottish, Scottish government as well, and um, link in with various national frameworks and national discussions, and part of that to really work towards ending homelessness, as as big as that is, um, but doing it in a very personal way. So, Bethany, in terms of the, as a place to work, as a place for people that we support, is some of the qualities would be a sense of family, uh, a sense um, that we seek to foster good memories for people, 
We seek to have a sense of fun, um, to be professional, to you know, provide good quality services, keep standards high. Um, the motivations for what we do, we encapsulated it now in three sort of uh, expressions, simply to love and to serve and to value each person. And that works quite well for everybody because it keeps it in a, in a sort of nutshell. Uh, so I've been working here since 97, started as a project worker, and uh, it's the privilege you know, of my life really to be involved in the work. Uh, I connect up with um, previous trustees, and I know you yourself, Jeremy, have been on the board for 16 years. Um, and uh, we, one of the things I talk about is standing on the shoulders of those that have gone before so that we're not sort of lurching off doing something without that legacy that's, that exists. But um, so, that, so it's a value-based organisation. It's about delivery. It's about serving people uh, at their most vulnerable. It's about standing for people in the gap and providing a wide range of services now. So we might touch on it in, in further discussion, but just a snapshot of that would be, you know, right through from accommodation, uh, a whole range of accommodation, whether it's young people, recovery-oriented, emergency accommodation, support for people from rough sleeping. It's community-based work, um, recovery in community, education, counselling in schools, opportunity to access a whole range of education and employment opportunities. And then it's also providing housing with support. So we've got flats up and down the country, but specifically with, with support wrapped around them. So... I hope it gives a wee flavour of what we're up to. So my first connection actually with Bethany was at the assembly rooms in George Street with a Kaylee. Okay. And halfway through that, Alan Berry kind of gave a talk for fundraising. And it was seven steps from That's someone right. being on the street homeless yes. through to somebody who's living in their own flat, possibly in employment. Yes. Is it possible to do that? Is, is that was that just a a way to raise money, or, or can you talk about stories of where that's happened over the last 40 years? Yeah, the seven steps were quite critical in terms of a framework for what Bethany was doing, and uh, we, now, we now have a, a slightly different framework, which is homelessness prevention, crisis intervention, which would probably be the steps one to three as they were, and then housing and support, which would, might have been like steps four to seven. I think the way that we approach it is... Now is, is more that we'll... And as it was, is that we seek to meet the person at the point of their need. So there may be somebody that receives housing with support, and only that, at Bethany. And they may not have ever attended a care van in, in one of the cities that we operate, or they may never have been at the Welcome Centre or previously the care shelter. And that's great. We're not wanting them to go through the stages of... you know It's, it's meeting that point of need. Um, similarly for... The homelessness prevention work which is a equivalent on that scale to minus seven to zero so we're seeking to prevent people end up in the crisis similarly we're not wanting them to get there so if somebody comes to us for recovery support in community they attend our bridge to freedom program they have one-to-one -one support from the facilitator it's our desire working with them that they're supported where they are to avoid becoming homeless and to avoid entering into further crisis. Having said all of that, there are definite multitude of stories where people have, particularly from the point of crisis, been supported into a more independent lifestyle. So 
a range of people. Um, we're just about to um, share a, a story uh, of a friend of mine uh, who's come forward to share his story in one of our spring appeals, as we call them. And um, this gentleman I knew when I was the manager at Bethany Christian Centre. And I know he'd be happy for me to share this because he's about to put it in writing to the to the wider public. He was um, rough sleeping in Edinburgh and he accessed the care van and was looking for support there. He ended up being supported into uh, shared accommodation, what, what some might call a hostel, um, being provided by a, a, a similar organisation to Bethany. He was supported there, um, but he was racked with addiction, as he described it. And uh, he heard of the centre from the support worker at this, what you might call a sister organisation, and uh, heard of Bethany Christian Centre, which is the recovery project for men in Leith. Uh, essentially, it's a rehab, really, um, but it comes under a homelessness provision. Um, he heard of this, came forward, applied, moved in very quickly because there was a space available, went through the programme there, and... Um, Bit by bit, his life was transformed. There was a spiritual component to that for him, um, and uh, which, together with all the different other support elements, meant that he ended up now, I think it's about eight or nine years now, he's been completely alcohol and drug free. And uh, from that shared accommodation, he moved on to a flat. Um, he had access to... Um, supported to get to volunteer. He volunteered in a, in a cafe um, with, with a local church in Edinburgh. And uh, he he was just, he almost almost fulfilled every step on that zero to seven, or that one to seven. And he now works with us. He works in the Welcome Centre, um, passing on what he received is the way that he would approach it. And there's loads of individuals that have actually gone on that journey. Um, but it but it's more our approach that will support people at their point of need. And, and there'll be people that aren't necessarily in that crisis moment. Um, I mean, in Scotland and in you know the whole of the UK, the need for a crisis response is still really, really high. And uh, <clears throat> we might think it would be great to have a whole lot more prevention work. It'd be great to have a whole lot more housing and support. And that's absolutely true. But in context for Bethany, we are still saying... Yes, we agree with that. That's good and well. But in the meantime, there's thousands and tens of thousands of people in a current crisis, whether it's addiction, mental health, homelessness, and that still includes rough sleeping and so on. So we need to still be um, providing those kind of services. So I suppose a lot of us think about when we think about homelessness, we think of maybe a man, either older or younger. Are there many women who are homeless and how do Bethany work with them? Is it the same type of model or is there something different around people who come from from a female background? Yeah, we've actually seen, I mean, just to take a, a local example from where we are today in Edinburgh, the care shelter as it was became the Rapid Reaccommodation Welcome Centre a few years ago and over time I'd say the last five or six years, we've seen the proportion of women presenting at that service increase. The original figure would be around about the 12-13% mark, and it's now uh, 20% plus. 
Um, so that's an indication of, of the, the number of, or certainly the proportion of women that are ending up uh, in a potentially rough sleeping environment. So I think you know, that's very concerning, uh, whether it was male or female, but the fact that that proportion is rising uh, whilst the male population is also rising is of great concern. Definitely has to be tailored. and uh, But then even within within that, it has to be tailored for each individual anyway. So that's one of the things that we and other charities seek to do is make sure it's not a one-size-fits-all. So, for example, whether it's a group of men who, who were supported in a shared accommodation setting or whether it's an individual family or an individual male household who's got a flat, it's about tailoring the support and the interventions to that person trying to make sure that the case management of their support fits their needs, fits their aspirations, fits their outcomes. Uh, and so the same applies for women. So we would provide support for women in flats, uh, in community, in Bethany House, and uh, across Scotland in various ways, supporting people moving out of prison, supporting people uh, with recovery support, education and so on. We do some family support as well, so that they would come into uh, a greater emphasis um, for perhaps young mums, uh, and particularly if they might be single mums who are looking after the children, trying to sustain that um, relationship, maybe in uh, lots of uh, different challenges around making sure they have access to their children, that kind of stuff. So recently, um, in March 2020, we opened Anne Hope House, and that's been something that was in the hearts of many people over the years, to pioneer a service that was a bit like the residential recovery work for men, but have one specifically for women that was accessible to women only, all female staff. And uh, yeah, the, 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 deliberately in that service, we are providing responses, programs, opportunities that are geared around what, what the women are telling us they would value and what the staff are seeing uh, themselves together with the residents is of key value to them uh, and it, it can include a whole range of things as a result Reclusion Marine, Christian Yes And I remember many years ago attending a, a meeting with Alan Berry and being told actually you don't really care whether people are homeless or not all you want them to do is become Christians it's all about telling them the gospel and if you've got to force a sandwich down their mouth at the same time, so be it. Is that fair? I think it's a good challenge. I think it's something to... I think it's something to keep in the discussion because any charity that has religion as part of its MNRs would, depending on its purpose, if it was a social care operation, could risk having that emphasis being uh, either too strong one way uh, or too blurred uh, and the potential for abuse exists. Um, so I think it's a good question, it's a good challenge and it's one that the senior team in Bethany and the trustees, we would kind of keep as a, almost like a red flag for us. Um, my experience of Bethany has been since 1997 that it's just not been part of the territory at all. And I remember chatting with Alan myself. Uh, we were walking along Great Junction Street and we were having a discussion 
and he was saying, what do you think of this balance, as, as it was described, um, between how we might hold out that hope that many of the staff would hold, but also not making it, you know, part of what we're emphasising as a, a, a requirement. And uh, we ended up talking about one of the occasions in the Gospels where there had been 10 individuals with uh, with leprosy and Jesus had, uh, it was recorded that he had healed them all. And um, so they were all healed and their skin conditions were restored. And obviously some listeners may think that's not possible, but that's what's recorded in in, in the in these Gospels. And, uh, and in the story, only one came back to him to yeah. seek him out. And uh, and Jesus remarked on that. He remarked that only one had come back. And Alan, Alan and I discussed this and we thought, well, that's what, you know, we as Bethany Christian Trust, to take the, the figurative sense of it, we are about seeking to heal the ten lepers. And if one comes back, whatever that means to the church or whatever, then that's, that's of course something that as Christians that we would say we would welcome. But our our aim is to seek to heal the ten lepers. So, uh, and that's something that we, we seek to build into our um, recruitment, seek to build into our induction. We've got a very narrow door approach to recruitment so that we make sure that people are coming in with that heart that is uh, a quality for, for you know, all the people that we support, no barriers to access. And uh, within our services, there is opportunity for exploring faith, um, but it's, it's an opportunity. Uh, to compare it in one service there's also an opportunity to go to the gym there's also an opportunity to go to an art class or to connect up with a psychologist or a social worker and so it's it, we provide it as an opportunity um, so I would say it's not ultimately fair but it's, a, it's actually an okay question for us to not shy away from and be, be quite straightforward about it so our Christ, the, the Christian Christianity that that birthed the trust is still the engine uh, and rightly so f for us we believe but the outcomes are what it's all about and I think that's where local authorities Scottish government um, other stakeholders care inspectorate triple SC any other funding stakeholder like trusts and grants what they're looking for is the impact the outcomes the improvement in people's lives, um, and so that, you know, thankfully speaks volumes in its in its own right. So, so how did someone end up? So you've been here quite a long time, ninety seven. Yes. yes. Um. What what attracted you? How, how did you end up in Bethany? How did you end up as the chief executive? Well, I had studied uh, engineering and um, through in Glasgow in Strathclyde and. I ended up myself, um, I won't go into too much detail, but I ended up myself not in a particularly good way. And I didn't have any um, interest in Christian faith or Christian expression or values, but I ended up in a situation of personal need. And this was around about 1990. And coming into 1991, having, I suppose, tried various means, um, medical support, um, different approaches, counselling and so on. I didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. And I was introduced to uh, 
a person of faith, a minister of the gospel, who essentially shared with me with me um, an account of Jesus' death and resurrection, and that actually in that there was an offer to me of having a new life, not just a new a new chapter, but a new life. So in that moment, reflecting back, I would say I was ready to hear it. I was very open to it and I grasped it with both hands and the next 18 months were hard. Um, it was a bit like my own, although I didn't know it, it was a bit like my own rehab um, and uh, just my life was transformed. People that know me, knew me then, would say that uh, I, there was, I came out of a lot of things that were very challenging. Um, mental health probably wasn't spoken about as much as it is now, then, and even some of the things that I was suffering were, were pretty acute and might not have even had a name at that point. But bit by bit, it was put back together, as, as, as I would describe it, and then decided to go and study theology. So I went to New College in Edinburgh, half wondered about going into ordained ministry, um, but never pursued it. And I had this, I just thought, I don't think that's quite the right fit for me. And um, Bethany was around, had been, you know, pioneered a few years earlier. And uh, it just came came to pass that um, Katie, who I was engaged to, she got work at Bethany House. And I, and I was then thinking, oh, I wondered about working with Bethany, but it was quite small. And uh, But anyway, long story short, out of that I had a, a heart, as I would describe it, for people who were struggling with uh, drug use, uh, addiction, mental health, um, and also, for whatever reason, drawn particularly to supporting uh, people who were on the streets who were sweeping rough. So a job came up in Bethany Christian Centre in 97, I came forward for that and um, was interviewed in Alan Berry's flat, as it happened, uh, and started then. So it's been a, it's been an absolute privilege to be involved and, and to be part of it. So that was the origin. I, I came to you going, I think we've only really touched the surface of many of the issues I'd like to talk about, but time's really gone. So let me finish with my usual question, um, giving you my golden wand, not necessarily what would make Bethany easier, but what would be one thing that would make the life of a individual that you're dealing with day in day out easier? I would say, to take a, a national picture of it, I would say that, two, two quick answers. One would be, actually the prevention aspect of things is, is, is going to be the, the approach that will turn the tide. So we are seeing a tide of young people who are struggling with increasing presentations of mental health um, challenges. We're seeing individuals who are homeless with all sorts of trauma um, from the past. And I think nationally, not just north of the border, but across the UK, I think there's just a whole lot more that needs to be done around prevention. Um, and not just the strategy, but the actual, you know, the impact, the delivery. So supporting young families, um, seeking to, you know, really establish a culture that any abuse of any form is just anathema and it just, you know, becomes less part of the landscape. Um, supporting people in school, supporting people earlier in potential addiction um, development, 
So that for me would be massive because the number of people that we see that it's kind of like, if only we had known you 25 years ago is, is huge. And it's really hard because the people I remember discovering early on at the centre, uh, the number of people that had suffered some kind of um, early, early childhood trauma uh, at the hands of somebody else was the majority by a long way. And, it, and, and the fruit, the negative fruit of these things is part of what we are seeking to intervene in. So that's where I would say the biggest impact would be for the individuals that are currently in crisis, the golden wand would be absolute availability of housing for anyone that needs it with support wrapped around that individual that was uh, for them exactly what they needed. And for some that might be shared accommodation, for some it's independent, and for some it's a kind of combination of that journey. And I think if, if it was tailored to that individual with, with unlimited resource, then for me it would be the, the combination of accommodation with support, and, and uh, but making it as full as that individual required. Alistair, thank you. My pleasure. It was good to hear from Alistair, to hear about the amazing work Bethany Christian Trust are doing to impact individual lives. We'll put a link to their website in the show notes, and you can go to it if you want to find out more. Thank you for listening to Out and About in Malovians, and I look forward to catching up next time. Mm-hmm.